Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 126 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, and I am joined, of course, by my co-host, my brother Aaron. What's up? And the one, the only, Mr. Archie Mitchell. Archie, back with us this week, was not able to be with us last week. The last couple of weeks have been so hectic, I don't know whether I'm coming or going anymore. Well, you were just telling us a story earlier about uh, today, and I wanted to to get this on recording because I think, I think that you and I may have encountered... The same criminal? An an interstate criminal, yes. Jesus. He's going from Ohio to Jersey. (laughs) I I went out this morning, went to work, and then about 12.30, 1 o'clock, I had some free time, so I went to go run my errands, such as banking, and go to the post office to drop off some packages for some customs that I sold. And um, as I walked back to my car from the bank, I got a shot of my front bumper, and my front license plate was missing. And... Nate, Aaron, I swear it was clean as could be. There was nothing there. There was no screws. There was no holder. There was nothing. It's like somebody got there with tools, took it off, and walked away. I don't know if it happened at my job. I don't know if it happened before I left the house last right. night. Right. You can't pinpoint it. You can't pinpoint it because you, you don't look at that all the time. Right. Who, who Same, looks at their front license plate every day? Not <laughs> front. Not front. But I shit you not. Two weeks ago, I came out of work. And I don't know what made me, I don't even know, maybe maybe it was one of those times where I wanted to like, you know, where you want to kick the slush off your tire or right. whatever, off your wheel well. Maybe it was that or something, but something made me go around to the back of my car. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, my back license plate, gone as fuck. And like you said, no evidence, right. <laughs> no, no footprints in the snow. And <laughs> like, wh- when did this happen? When and did why? this take so place? I think there's an interstate license plate thief. I went to the DMV. They were able to give me new plates, thank God, within an hour. Okay, no big deal. Mm -hmm. And then I had to go to the police station, and the police station looked at me like I was an idiot. Oh, yeah, they did the same to me. I called the cops and said, do I need to report this? Right. she's like, no, you don't need to report it. What do you Pretty much, what are you calling for? Right. I don't know, because if somebody's got my plates and they get pulled over or whatever. That's what I said. I literally had to look at this guy, and I'm like, well, sir, if the guy goes and puts the plate on my car, from my car on his and commits a robbery or murders somebody, I'm liable. 
Right. He's like, no, you're not. I'm like, well, tell me how. Now I feel like an idiot when he finally tells me how. Well, you got new plates, so it's off your name. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but well, you're right. You're right to be paranoid. Right. But yeah, there's a guy right now out there with a really, really well decorated <laughs> garage. Yeah, like Jersey, like... Ohio, Vegas. He's got them all. <laughs> He's going for Michigan next week. Watch out, right, folks. Right. Watch out, listeners in Michigan. Well, on this week's show, we are going to well, be discussing. Um, oh, I was okay. going to go ahead and do some. Pl- can we do some plugs? Sure. Like, I know Archie has his um, um, world customs, and Nate has the motley soup. I have this um, uh, business I'm trying to get off the ground, and it's. Um, Used license plates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to collect them from all 50 states. I'm plates. up to two. It's plates. I'm up to two. <laughs> plates, plates, plates from all the states. That's what it's yeah. I like I'm that. To, I'm up to two right now. <laughs> <laughs> but Aaron, are you buying or are you selling? I don't get it. Both. Both. <laughs> I'll trade. I'll buy. I'll trade. Either way, he profits. Right. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> we set it up. He knocked it down. That's how definitely. We- On this week's show, we are going to be discussing some what if scenarios. I don't know how many my co-hosts have brought. I brought three this time around. I have, um, I have six or seven, but only in case we end up having the same, or it's possible it's one we've done already. Yes. So. Um, which is a possibility. To start the show, we are actually going to review, do another match review from one of our listeners. Uh, this match was suggested by listener Tom Mallison. Tom, thank you for the suggestion. Thank you, Mr. Mallison. It was his birthday a couple of days ago, so happy birthday, Tom. Happy belated birthday, Tom. And the match is from January 30th, 1991. It is Clash of the Champions 14, Terry Taylor against Rock and Roll Express member Ricky Morton. And this is kind of the beginning of the um, York Foundation, Foundation. storyline. Yep. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, Nate. I don't mean to cut you off. When I no. first heard the, the match, I was like, okay, I guess this is going to be okay. But, I mean, how great could it be? And then when I saw Taylor walk out the way that he did for the match, I, it hit me, oh, yeah, this is when he started going by Terrence Taylor and then Ricky joined him a little while later as Richard Morton and Tommy Rich came in as Thomas Rich. I'm like, okay, I can get into this. This is the beginning of a good storyline. And the thing that I found the most, and we'll get to it, but there's there's a, the, 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 this match actually for a, I guess you would say it wasn't a main event match, you know. Mid-card, nice but, mid-card match. But for a mid-card match, this match has a real... Um, and it's nuanced. It's a very nuanced match. It's a uniquely yes. booked kind of thing. And I'll get to why we will get to why in just a little bit, but overall you guys like the match. I did because I have to be honest. Ricky was trying to use his speed because of course, rock and roll express do drop kicks and run around and head scissors. And Terry Taylor was coming off like a stud. He was literally letting Ricky bounce off of him and taking him out and using his strength to keep Ricky down at all costs in the match. Yeah. Which you didn't see from Terry Taylor a lot. Aaron, what do you think? 
I, I thought it was a, a decent television match and um watching it like it's not so like it's not so much the match. It's like when I watched the old Clash of the Champions, it um I know we all talk about childhood and everything like that. Like Nate and I were raised in a home that like both of our parents were active parents or whatever, but we were raised by our mother and our mother was a single income home. So guess what kids, you're not dropping $40 for a pay-per-view. Right. So when clash of the champions came on, it was like fucking a, it was like a little, yeah, yeah it was like, this is a fucking day. We're going to sit here. We're going to watch two hours of great wrestling. It just brought me back to yeah. clash of the champions. But this match was interesting because Terry starts it as a face. Yes. Like he shakes hands with him and everything like that. And then when they, and Nate, I think you were probably going to talk about it. Like when um, Terry Runnels comes on and says that Terrence Taylor is the newest acquisition of the um, York Foundation. Foundation. And she comes out with the computer. Then he starts. He heals it up. That's actually kind of cool. He heals it up. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was, he literally turns heel during the match. Right. And it was really cool. And it was, I guess, you know, I didn't even remember. I mean, I've probably watched this clash a few times and maybe even when I was watching it, I wasn't really paying attention to the match. You know what I mean? Cause I wasn't right. focused on it. One thing that I wanted to write down or that I wanted to bring up that I, I wrote down the match started off technical, good exchanges. Is there, up there in the top 10 wrestling maneuvers of all time, a Ricky Morton rolling arm drag is a thing of beauty. Oh, I agree. Um, I, he did a couple of those in this match. I always love to see those. Um, there was a nice build up to a high cross body spot. And then you can watch Terry Taylor. And this is where I think sometimes he doesn't get credit for the good, the, as good a worker as he is. You can watch Terry Taylor as this match goes, and that's why I said it's very nuanced. You watch him change a little bit through every the move. The facial expressions, every, the yeah, moves. Through every, the... Yeah, the, the, through every, he gets a little more aggressive through yep. every, you know, through every every time he gets put to the mat, he's a little more angry. He's a little yep. more heelish. Yeah, and, and, then, and that's that's in my notes is that Terry Taylor is like super underrated. And um, oh, always has a lot. Of, there's a lot of times where I'm like, eh, you know. Where people are like, oh, they gave him this gimmick and it was terrible or whatever. Terry Taylor actually got hurt by the Rooster gimmick. Yeah, like but that he was hurt that guy's career. Actually, though, he, he was, was but, it off but, but the it Rooster gimmick bad. hurt him. No, it did, of course, of course. Yeah, it hurt you know. his. It hurt his credibility. I get. I don't know. It, well, to go from the NWA Television Champion or the Florida Television Champion on NWA Television. To a guy with red, red dye in his hair, clucking, you know what I mean? And Bobby yeah. Heenan's telling him, "You're a nobody, and I found a better nobody than you." Here's the Brooklyn Brawler. He's like, watch, "Wow, go back sometime and watch Terry as a babyface in Mid South." Yeah, and you know you can see the greatness there. Um, he had the potential to be, and I agree with Aaron. Like it's one of the few times where saddling somebody with a gimmick kind of brought down their career in a way. Yep. Um, now, the other thing I, w- I have written down here is they do they do the okay. Alexander York comes out, 
and she's standing at ringside. And at that point, you still don't really know what's going on. Like, right. it could be Ricky, it could be Terry, it could be somebody else coming out from the back. Right. And then they do the old school screen up in the corner yep. with the promo. She cuts the promo, and that's the point in the match where Terry goes full heel. He turns it on, almost almost like the ref tapped him on the shoulder and said, by the way, you're a heel now. Yeah, you know, fantastic. And, and here's he, the thing he, of it. I, 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 Terry Taylor was great in this role. I think that maybe adding Ricky and, and Tommy Rich to the group kind of hurt Terry a little bit because the group was now filled with these three guys that had nothing really going for them at the time. Where if it would have just stayed as Terry and maybe added like a Mr. Hughes or a heavy, you know, some big guy to be Terry's, you know, the, the, the brawn, mm-hmm. it might have went better for him, but it still worked out for him though. Um, I agree, and something I was going to point out, and it was before um, Alexander York came on the screen, something that popped me was Dusty. Dusty was talking about, um, he's like, these guys were on the, the, the danger zone, and, and, and Paulie was trying to trying to start stuff with him, and Terry was like, you got a problem with me, Ricky? And Ricky was like, I ain't no problem with you, I ain't got no problem with you, Terry. Oh man, I love you, man. I love you too, buddy. I got no problem with you. Let's just have a good like like listen to Dusty explain everything that was leading to this match. Fucking crack me up. So that's and, funny that you and, go ahead. No, uh, no and, I was just gonna and, say it was funny that you mentioned that because um as I've said on the show before, Kendall doesn't watch wrestling. But Kendall has to sit through a lot of wrestling because I have right. it on while she's on her phone or whatever. Or I'm watching a show for, to review for the for this show or what have you. But anyway, she and and this is this is a testament to the man. She gets a super super kick out of Dusty. Like while I was watching this match, there were a few times where he said something, and then she would do the Dusty lisp and say what he said, and she knows she knows. She'll be like, oh, 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 coupe de grass. <laughs> he got a bicycle. He got a bicycle. <laughs> he got a bicycle. <laughs> Just because I own a big car now don't make me bad, Jack. Bad, Jack. <laughs> Come up out the ditch looking so sweet. So sweet. <laughs> God damn it. God rest your soul. Dusty. See, that was, the, that was the great thing about Dusty, though. Even when he was on commentary, it was like he was actually just cutting a promo. He wasn't yeah. actually telling you anything about the match. Oh, he was no. almost cutting his regular promo. <laughs> you know? Uh, he, the, the, there's a match. <laughs> there's a match between, I think it's Ultimo Dragon and Di Malenko. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're, doing the, they're doing the Dragon Screw Leg Whip, and Dusty loves the name like mike Tenay says it he's like oh my god drag it through leg whip and bobby heenan goes you know what go ahead aaron tell the line <laughs> what what happens in the match is Tenay goes drag and screw leg whip and, and they're like what and he goes that was a drag and screw leg whip and then bobby's like <laughs> bobby's like you know what i like with my hamburger a little side of leg whip <laughs> <laughs> But, and Dusty's just like, Dragon Screw and then leg every, whip. Move every move afterwards, yeah. every move, Dusty's like, is that Dragon Screw leg whip? <laughs> Dragon Screw leg whip. <laughs> and he's just like, no, no. <laughs> 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 
but Bobby it's fantastic. And Dusty, Bobby, Bobby and Dusty on the same commentating team. <laughs> was always gold. Yeah, think of was always gold. <laughs> and you know what was great about Bobby and Dusty, too, on commentary? They didn't, um, you know, like Monsoon and Bobby would, like, bicker with each other or whatever. Yeah. Like Monsu or, or Bobby and Dusty never played it like they hated each other. No, no, <laughs> they were buddies. Dusty would mark out for Bobby. He'd laugh. And Bobby and Bobby would mark out for Dusty. They just had a good time, man. It was just two old dudes. <laughs> I we're know here I bring it, it up. We're, we're here collecting a check. Let's just have some fucking fun. <laughs> I I know I always bring it up, but when Hogan turned at Bash at the Beach, and Bobby goes. But is he the third man? Who's he with? I Dusty go. What are you talking about? And it's like oh, Dusty's mad. Like, why would you even read that? Up? <laughs> this is Hulk Hogan. And then when Hogan turns, Bobby's like, "I told you, I told you." And you could tell that he was probably pointing Dusty in the face, going, "See, I knew what I was talking about." <laughs> Fantastic stuff. We got off the we got off the track with the match. It wouldn't be us if we didn't, though. Exactly. Um, the finish was a little weak. Uh, yeah, that's match. actually in my notes. I said it, this match built good, and everything about it up until the finish was great, but the finish was just kind of rotten. It looked like Ricky broke his neck because of how badly he came down off the ropes. You know, what I, I think mean? Terry Terry was not Terry wasn't in the right place. Right, Ricky kind of landed on him. Rick, right, for those of you that haven't watched the match, Ricky tries to do a drop kick on Terry. Terry ducks it. Ricky hits the ropes. Falls and back and lands on, on yeah. Terry's back. But he lands on Terry. I think like Terry, he should almost end a Terry yeah, without yeah. already landing on him. Right. <laughs> Terry, I think Terry was a little off from where he was supposed to be on right. the mat. Terry rolls Ricky up for the uh for the pin. And the, the big... announcers actually mention it too. They're like that was uh, he might have hit Terry, but he didn't get he didn't come down on him strong enough. Like that looked pretty strong. Wait a minute. He he could have killed him there. Mm-hmm. I definitely you know, give this match three and a half out of five. That's know. exactly what I gave it. Three and a I'm half out of five. It. I gave it Same three. Thing. Good middle ground match. For where it was, it was like the second or third match, I think, on the show. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was where it needed to be and it was it worked. And it probably and, I I probably would have given it a two and a half or a three, Aaron had not had not the the cool kind of cool little mid match heel turn happen. I think that added to it. And the York Foundation thing could have been neat, but they gave up on it too quick. And then all of a sudden they like they did it for a minute and then all of a sudden the guys just started losing. So it's like "Eh, I guess the computer fucking sucks. Like Yeah. (laughs) Maybe you should get a maybe you should get a Mac or something. (laughs) York is whatever you're using right now is not working. Dude, you're getting a gel. <laughs> that was no, no, no. The, the computer spits out, dude. You're getting an L, <laughs> as in loss. That works. <laughs> that's works. W. That's WCW in this era, though. They changed bookers like they changed underwear, and uh, that's what happens. You know, you have there was a lot of inconsistencies in WCW back then because of that fact. They they changed bookers so much. They changed well, bosses so much. Yeah, nothing stayed consistent. You know, and and whoever they were trying to fill in as the Booker was always somebody from the roster. I mean, look, I love Ric Flair, but I mean, he became head Booker for a while, and it was just like, okay, who are we booking you to? Who are you booking yourself to beat this time? Right. You know what I mean? And then when he got off of the the booking committee and they put Dusty in control, Dusty was great, but he was booking a lot of non finishes, and he couldn't. He didn't want anything, anyone to look 
look weak. So they just never caught the right gear when they were shifting until, and I hate to give the devil his due, until they got Bischoff in there because Bischoff knew how to control everything and take enough ideas from who and where and put it together. Yep. He, he maintained consistency. Right. For at least three years. Right. So, at least three. Um, whether all those decisions were correct or not, no. But at least, again, there was consistency. Um, anything else on this before we go into some what ifs, gentlemen? Um, nope. The only thing I'll say, that, mid, that mid-match split screen. Mm-hmm. That needs to come back because I used to enjoy it as a kid. Seeing Me like, too. okay, the Bulldogs are fighting some enhancement talent. <clears throat> and there's Brett and, and Anvil in the corner going, and we're going to take the Bulldogs down. And, you know, I want I want storyline progressing on television. I don't want to have to watch Twitter mm-hmm. or YouTube to find out who's fighting who, you know, because you didn't want to put it on the main show. And if you remember, I think it was, ah, Christ, it was probably a decade ago now. Um, 2010 ish, they were doing that on SmackDown. They had brought yes. it back on SmackDown. Um, I distinctly remember that. I distinctly, distinctly remember, I don't know why, but right. I distinctly remember Mike Knox cutting a promo. Yep, it was on Punk, I think. He was probably talking yeah. about CM Punk and yeah. Kelly Kelly. And and every now and then, we do get treated to one out of the clear blue sky on a Raw or a SmackDown or an NXT, but they don't do it. And I'm not saying it should be every match, I'm not saying it should be every show, but. Just a little bit to give us something mid-match. You know what I miss? What's that? And I wish they'd bring it back. And I think it could help the shows. And you'll have they'd have to do it when the audience comes back. Mm-hmm. But instead of everybody standing awkwardly looking at a TV screen, like you would right. never look at a TV. No one ever looks at a TV screen like WWE sideways. wrestling. Right. Yeah. Why are you looking at it sideways? But anyway, <laughs> instead of that, why can't we bring back the old in the arena interviews like Gene Okerlund used to do right. with, the audi- with the audience behind right. them. You have a stage set up at the, near the stage for that reason. Right. I mean, you I know? think that, you know, do your promos there instead of in that sanitary, awkward TV. God damn it. This show is so awkward. Anyway. Did you watch <laughs> NXT this week? Not to get off topic. Did you watch NXT yet? Either I have not. I'm, gonna, I'm going to watch it tomorrow, actually. Watch the Cameron Grimes parts. He's got this new thing where he invested in GameStop and um, mm-hmm. AMC I and saw made millions. Last week. And he's now calling himself the million dollar man and trying to do things like Ted DiBiase did, like have somebody dribble a basketball and if they could do it 10 times or whatever. Mm-hmm. But of course, him being an idiot, he's not doing it right. But his <laughs> whole shtick during it is hysterical. I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to check, I'm going to watch NXT and AEW tomorrow because. Well, Sunday nights, ladies and gentlemen, inside the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group. You got to watch yep. That's Not Wrestling. But yep. anyways. I'm going to do if... the rest of the show like this. Nobody can, see... <laughs> Nobody can see you. This is an audio show. Aaron is looking to his left. Sideways. Aaron yeah. is sideways. Being awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said... <laughs> Let's start off with, we won't take our first break just yet. We'll start off, we'll do some what-ifs here in the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Sorry, Kyle's not with us. This is actually one of his ideas that he came up yes. with originally for the show back in the old days. When, when go back and listen. No, please don't go listen to the first 20 episodes when we all, I was so bad at audio back then. We all sounded like we were calling from a phone in 1982. <laughs> but anyway, 
Anyway, they're still funny. They're still funny, but they sound like shit. We got some what if scenarios for you here today, and we are going to let Aaron start with his first what if scenario. Oh, go ahead, Mr. Jackson. Um, I have two of them that kind of roll into each other, so I'll do my first one, and it is what if the Iron Sheik would have taken Vern Gagne's money? And broke that that jabroni Hulk Hogan's leg in Madison yeah. Square Garden. Um, well, there'd be no Hulkamania, that's for sure. Or that would it would have took another year and a half to start. That uh, okay. First of all, <clears throat> I guess the benefit of that from a time frame standpoint and a broadcast standpoint is. Other than the MSG network, until they put the match pre-recorded on one of their syndicated shows, nobody but the MSG people would have seen it. Right. So, but, like Archie said, or was kind of alluding to, if not, if Hogan would have got his leg broken, you'd have had to wait longer to start Hulkamania. Right. Also, he wouldn't have won the title. He wouldn't have been around. He wouldn't have been the face of the company. Also, would they have fired Sheik's ass, considering, like, do you fire your champion in 1984? Oh, they definitely would have fired him, but he would have taken the belt with him. Right. Right. You know what I, I mean? Like, Sheik the WWF the WWF title would have been on a on AWA television. Right. And Vernon Gagne could have went out there and said, look, they're not going to show it to you yet. But this guy, right. the Iron Sheik, broke the leg of the guy that was our biggest star for like a year and a half, two years. And now he's here and he's the champion of the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. It would have hurt business indefinitely. Do and it would have forced it would have forced Vince's hand to say something about it. Oh, yeah. Right. It, it's interesting because you. How, how do I want to say this? That the essentially the what this situation finally did was it's finally the situation that made Vern Gagne willing. You know what I mean? Like Vince McMahon made Vern Gagne so mad he was Vern Gagne was finally willing to piss away the territory system and say fuck right. it and not do things traditionally and not do things by the rules. And yeah, I mean, it's a wacky scenario though. Like, what do you I think? I like it or? though. What I, is? I like it. <laughs> I, I, I think that the do WWF think Vern, Do you think Vern would have went to that extreme? Do you think he would have had the Sheik with their title on his TV. Yeah. I really do. And I think he would have sold it that way. He would have sold it as Hulk Hogan left, went to another company, got his ass handed to him, and now the Sheik's back with the belt. And then he would have probably had his champion fight the Iron Sheik. I probably... I would probably say it was probably Bachwinkle that was the champ. I, I, I'm not sure who was the champ right when Hogan won it. Could have been Martell. <laughs> maybe, maybe Martell. And he probably would have had his champ beat 
the Iron Sheik, and Iron Sheik wouldn't have cared because he got a fucking payoff. Right. You know, and then been like, oh, this dude's the undisputed champion. You know, like Rick Markell is now the undisputed champion, or Nick Markwinkle is now the undisputed champion. And the the WWF because he beat the champ of the WWF. The and Hulk Hogan could have spun it too, and said that the Iron Sheik was um, afraid he was going to lose the title to this Hulk Hogan, and afraid of the competition in the WWF. So he went. He he resorted to dirty tactics, and uh, and and you know used dir- dirty dirty tactics to break Hulk Hogan's dirty leg. money. Yeah, and he ran took dirty away. Dirty money from Vern Gagne and was afraid of the territories going going away. Yeah, I mean they 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 could have spun it too, and that's the beauty of kayfabe, man. Yep. That's the beauty of that era because you know what? The people in Minneapolis would have been like, "Yeah, fuck the WWF," and the people in New York would have been like, "Yeah, fuck the AWA," and that's what you would have had. And so you, essentially, it would have been a, a pardon me for sounding a little racist, but. It would have been the white ver- version of Biggie versus Tupac. Yeah, you got <laughs> East, East Coast versus East West Coast, Coast. East Coast and and uh, and uh, mid- Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's that's a cool scenario. I like that. Aaron. I like it too. I like it too. Archie, I do too. That's why I wrote it down. Um, <laughs> let's see. All right, I'll go in the same direction Aaron went, only. A little different. It still re- kind of revolves around Hogan, though. Mm-hmm. What if WrestleMania one flopped? I think I think if WrestleMania one flops, um, well, I know for a fact if WrestleMania one flopped, I, I I say I know for a fact, and then I say I think, but I'm pretty sure that AWA. Probably, and, and you guys are going to go, what? Probably would have become the national promotion. As much as as much as much Vern Gagne tried to act like he was Mr. Territory and he he wanted to respect the boundaries and all that stuff, he was right. also making moves. ESPN, right. et cetera, et cetera. He was making moves, too. Let's not bullshit the bullshitter here. Right. But, uh, well, obviously, if WrestleMania wouldn't have have made it, then Vince would have had to sell his shares back to Monsoon and whoever else held shares in the WWF before. And I think you still eventually get to some kind of a nationalization for one, right. two, or three promotions. But I, I honestly see Ganya taking the advantage then because he I think it would have been Crockett really I don't know yeah Crockett had the better um I shouldn't say better Crockett had the more um Crockett Crockett had the bigger balls than Vern Gagne and Crockett had Ted Turner behind him eventually and Crockett um had dust I guess Dusty, I had, Dusty had the bigger, grandiose. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do. We're gonna do Starcade. Like, like, okay, like, right? But I'll say this: like, like Starcade. Anybody... Starcade was WrestleMania before WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Right. But they didn't. They didn't have the the money behind it. If 
if that makes sense. No, I, and, I agree. And I think I think Crockett had the bigger balls than Vern Gagne to go out there and just be like, you know what? If we fail, we fail. But if we fucking make it, it's going to be fucking money. If that makes sense. That's a good point, too. That's a good mm-hmm. point, too. And, and and like I said, he had Dusty. And, and, and Dusty, in a lot of ways, is similar to Vince McMahon. Yeah. To a certain extent, yes. You know, like grand ideas. Maybe not the best, like, booker in the world. But can give you a show and a match. Like, like there's been plenty of people that said Vince McMahon can come up with an idea for a show and write all the matches and be like, this is, this will be grandiose if we do this. And then put it out there and have people around him that have like great ideas to, to get you there. If that right. makes sense. Fill in the gap. Fill in the gap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I was just thinking, I think the NWA would have taken off bigger and probably still done. They, they still would have done pay-per-view eventually. And I, I, but would that have scared anybody away from doing anything too big with closed circuit TV and pay-per-view? Because, well, if this flop, what are we going to put on that can't, that won't see, I, I don't think it would have because, because Crockett was still doing it before, even before right, Vince. But not as that bit, not as big as Vince did, you know, WrestleMania was meant to be seen in every household and everybody got a chance to watch it. And for the first time ever, and so my my feeling is it might have scared a couple of promoters, whether it be Varnganya or Jim Crockett, away from wanting to deal with pay-per-view for maybe a year or two longer until they perfected it or got it to a little bit better of, a, of an area that they could do better on. And then, you know, is that's, when you would have saw companies get bigger. That's what I was going to say. Ultimately, two things, two points I want to make. Firstly... If WrestleMania fails, it is <laughs> excuse me, it is not the death of the WWF. Oh, Vince would have right. For two reasons. Well, Vince wouldn't have had any stake in it anymore because if he if it was a failure, he had to you know, if he didn't make his money back in X amount of time, he had to sell back. But anyway, right. It, and he was broke. But if he sells it back to the original stakeholders, et cetera, et cetera. The WWF doesn't go anywhere because, I mean, Archie lives in the New York, New Jersey area. It's the most populous area in the country. Yep. And it's where all the media is. Right. A, a promotion, the biggest promotion based in New York City is not going anywhere. It may not be the biggest promotion in the world, but it's going to survive. Right. Now, the other thing is eventually whether Crockett, whether the AWA, whether somebody else in charge of the WWF would have made the move, things would still be then or still be today what they are. Okay. Because no matter what was going on with the wrestling business, the entertainment business, cable TV, et cetera, cable TV and the way things are entertainment wise would have killed territory wrestling Period. Anyway, right. Whether Vince did it or not, you couldn't do territory wrestling now. No. With the internet, and you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't have... Companies are trying it. 
Companies well, yeah, are trying could, it nowadays. Could, it can't work. It won't work. Yeah, you couldn't have Bob Armstrong go to one territory and say he broke his leg and then go to the next territory two weeks later and he was fine. Yeah. It worked back when there wasn't internet and there wasn't, you know what I mean? Because yep. people in Alabama didn't see TV in, in Cincinnati right. or whatever. So the it, territories would have died anyway. It just and, happened recently with the NWA. James Storm on their show got beat down. Beat down. The next night he's on TNA or Impact. And people are asking, well, how is that? And his only reasoning of how that happened is, oh, we tape NWA three months ahead of schedule. Well, yeah, yeah but we don't know that. Yeah, so, you know, ultimately, I still think we wind up where we are today. Just somebody else is the jefe. You know what right. I mean? That's right. that's the way it is. You think I'm right, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, territories, <laughs> territories would have died anyway, right? The Within way a this. few. Oh, yeah, territories yeah. would have died. I just, I don't, the only flip I saw was you saying that <coughs> Ganya would have been the the jefe. I think it would have been the Crockett. I think Ganya would have tried to grab the reins and do whatever he could, but slowly but surely, Crockett would have said, no, this is mine. You know, and pulled, and then, you know, if, if territories were dying, then the AWA was one of the first ones to go. And either get absorbed by NWA or, you know, right. move forward on their own. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Nate, yours. Go ahead. Yes, I will do. I do. I will do one, and then we will take a break and come back with some more. Sounds good. The one that I have is it's one that I have I have especially recently thought about um, because I've gotten a lot more uh, cheap plug reliving the extreme. Um, Aaron and I and Chad Austin from ECW doing the show where we're reviewing ECW week to week. And, and, and it's really, really fun for me because back in the day, I liked ECW, but ECW was probably the least on my radar. Right. Um, and, and it's fun for me to go back and watch it and to, to read articles about it and to st- and things like that just because I'm diving into it more than I did back then. But anyway, and this brings me to my what if. What if, just say, in 1995... When Shane Douglas came to the WWF, somebody would have convinced Vince McMahon, hey, you should let Shane use this persona he's using in ECW. Do you think that had Shane Douglas been allowed to perform as the franchise in the WWF, he would have been more successful and survived longer. And, and and I have some caveats to that. If Vince McMahon sees that this man has this much heel heat and is this good, does he does he kind of, of shirk the click with their, we don't like Shane Douglas, he's a pain in the ass, blah, blah, blah. Because Vince McMahon, at the end of the day, really, his biggest focus is money. Right. So that's my question, guys. Do you think well, that if, if, if Shane Douglas would have made it, and of course he wouldn't have been able to use the profanity, but if he would have been able to use that gimmick, that, that aura. That well, the, the, the attitude era wasn't that far behind, so the profanity wouldn't have been that far off from him using it's a couple it. Of year, it's a couple it's years. It's a couple away. years, so he could have exploded when the attitude era I happened. mean, but in reality, in reality, Shane Douglas, okay, so he comes in in August of 95. In October right. of 95, here's Gold Dust. Right. So I guess you're right. I mean, they're not they're not that far off from by ninety six. He could explode and start happen. dropping an f bomb, but they'll just bleep it out. You know what right. I mean? My, I'm happy you 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 
entered the extra little excerpt of, you know, for Vince to debunk the click, because my answer was based on that. If he never mm-hmm. became friends with Sean and Razor and Diesel, they were going to screw him over anyway. They right. were That's just the way they were. I've seen countless shoot interviews by Kevin Nash and Scott Hall themselves who have said, yeah, we just didn't like Shane, so we didn't want him there. You know what I mean? And that's them admitting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think Shane Douglas would have reached world heavyweight title status. No. In the WWF. Why? Because he was not as big as some of the bigger stars size-wise. And the the franchise gimmick would have been great in the WWF. But I don't think a, a watered-down franchise would have been okay. Because mm-hmm. we kind of got that in WCW when he finally went back there during the whole, you know, 99 and 2000 oh, yeah. I, era. We, we we discussed that. I said that that was one of the worst jumps last week. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, that was he was full franchise there. And he got his his matches with Ric Flair. And he got his matches with guys who held, he felt held him down. And it still didn't get him as over as he should have been. You know what I mean? The company's failing anyway. Why not put the title on Shane? Right. You know, so I just think that in a WWF driven world, no matter what the case would have been, Shane would have done okay, floundered, and then still kind of ended up back in ECW, only it would have been a little little bit longer before he returned. Okay. Aaron, what do you think? I would, what I would say is if he would have been allowed to be that franchise esque character and not been saddled with the Dean Douglas character, and you you guys might be like, oh, this is stupid or whatever. Or it might be, you might say, oh, that's kind of a weird standpoint of it. If Shane Douglas would have been allowed to be Shane Douglas in 1995, Jeff Jarrett wouldn't be Jeff Jarrett. Good point. No, I see what you're saying. I think... Shane Douglas is a better worker and a better performer than, and I like Jeff Jarrett, but he's a better performer than him. That double J character would have been replaced by Shane Douglas. And and I think that's where he would have been on that, uh, on that, in that roster. I think he would have been the Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. I think he would have been the Jeff Jarrett of that company. Right, six month title no. reign with the kind of the title lasted pretty long in the way. He might even have won a King of the Ring, you know what I mean? But it wouldn't have been enough. Yeah, like Mabel, him. Mabel probably would have been King of the Ring. Probably would have been Shane Douglas. Right. And, and, Je- and, I, and I think Jeff Jarrett does that. Okay, so that does that's not too. So what? What you're no? What you're saying? Filter. What you're saying? What you're saying is he could have been top of the mid card, but probably never a bottom of the main event. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree with I agree with Aaron. He might have gotten and, and, a match and, with Bret Hart or Sean for the world title, but he never would have won. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like like Shane Douglas is the Intercontinental Champion, but he's not main event in SummerSlam. He's not main event in WrestleMania, but he might be fighting Diesel for at a title match at, in your house. Right. But, I mean, you look at the stacked card, the, the stacked roster they had back then, Nate. Granted, it didn't seem like it was pulling in that many greater ratings, but for the world title, you had Brett, Sean, The Undertaker, Vader, Sid Justice, Diesel, and every now and then they would throw in a Jeff Jarrett or a Mabel or a British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. So those guys weren't beating the champions. You know, Ono Hart had like four title matches against Sean and, and Diesel. He never won it. 
But they're they were they were the placeholder. Like, okay, right. we're gonna we're gonna do a couple in your houses in here, so let's get a couple good matches out of Shane. Right. Work with, working with Diesel, you know. Right. Right. All right. Well, thank you guys. I think we all agree that he would have been much better off had he not been a substitute teacher. That made no sense for me. We all <laughs> knew who Shane Douglas was. We all knew. And forget about ECW. We all watched him with Tommy with Johnny Ace. We all watched him when Ricky Steamboat was the World Tag Team Champion. We all watched him in WWF when he came out with the curly blonde hair. Who the hell thought four years later after the 92 Royal Rumble when he was there with the curly blonde hair? Oh, Shane Douglas went and got his uh, teaching degree and now he's a, you know what I mean? Well, the gimmick <laughs> was just boring. It, was it, was, boring. it really was, but I mean, it was unbelievable too. We know who he is. All yeah. right. Buddy, Buddy Randell killed it. <laughs> Buddy Randell. There is a Buddy Rondell edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Go back and look it up. That being said, (laughs) gentlemen, we are going to take a break. We will be right back with more What Ifs here on this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And as you know, we are doing what if scenarios this week. Aaron has a couple more. Archie has a couple more, as do I. And we are joined by a special guest, not only one of the admins of the We Can't Wrestle podcast page and one of our co-hosts, but also the man, the myth, the legend from the asylum, Mr. David Gold has joined us. David, Welcome, welcome. David. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, anytime. Pass and, the ham, uh, but, and, <laughs> but it can't be. It can only be like a honey ham, though. It can't be right. like uh, the low sodium. There, low are sodium. Regu- there are regulations here. Well, David showed up just in time for shameless plug time of the show. That's what we always do after the first break of the show. So let's let David go first then. Yeah, we'll let. He's David got a go ton first. to plug, so go for it, Dave. Talk about the virtual asylum, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. David, give the people the info. Well, we have we have a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, we just announced that we're going to have uh, Darby Allen on uh, July thirty. Cool. July thirtieth, mm-hmm. yeah, thirtieth, uh, for a meet and greet. Um, and then we're gonna, I'm gonna spill the beans because it's going to be announced anyways. We just got Brooke Hogan. Sweet. So we're going to have her April 3rd. Um, we got, you know, Bret Hart, March 20th. I'm we excited for that one. Dustin Rhodes, March 13th. The same day I have Victoria Lisa Marie, the same day. So I have two shows the same day. Um, but see. you'll be live for the Lisa Marie one, correct? Or no, on that's not. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you'd be in. That's the in-person one, but that's not it'll it. Be on her, it'll be on her fan page, on her Instagram. It's her show. We're just helping awesome. her on it. Awesome. Uh, we also, you know, we announced Derek Redbeard, formerly known as Eric Rowan, on April 17th. Uh, we have um, May 1st, we have uh, Mark, no, it's, I think, believe it's May 1st, Mark Marrow. May 8th is Kelly Kelly. May 22nd, uh, we haven't announced it just yet, but it's going to be out there anyways. We have the Head Shrinkers. Uh, oh, shit. Too. So we'll have them. Um, and then of course we're going to be at some, uh, cons over the coming months as well. We're going to be in Tennessee on July 31st and August 1st with Lisa Marie. 
Uh, that's where we're going to do our show with Darby Allen. So I could go on for hours, but I want to give you all time. <laughs> hey, but you forgot one of the biggest ones, Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, we have Ricky Steamboat March the 6th. We'll be with him down right. in Tennessee uh, to do his show live, uh, awesome. probably in a conference room, uh, live meet and greet with him. And lots more people we're going after right now to, to work with. So there's big stuff coming in. And if, if me and Nate get off our ass, we're gonna start our get our YouTube channel together. Yes, and uh, we're gonna. We I'd like to. Uh, this idea was from uh, Zeka and, and Nick, where we bring in on a weekly, could be weekly or biweekly. We bring in an asylum member of choice that we feel is deemed fit, and we interview them for ten minutes. So awesome. Give some content on our YouTube channel so we can start growing all this stuff. Now I have one question. Because it wouldn't be me if I didn't have a question, David. You threw a clothesline at the demolition meet and greet. Will you allow Ricky Steamboat to hit you with that dra arm drag at the meet and greet you meet him at? I would let Rakishi give me a stink face. What do you okay. <laughs> so that's a yes to the arm drag then. All right. I want yeah, I, I'll take anybody's finishers or moves. That's your honor to me. So, I don't blame you. I, I love Aaron's face, but it's okay. It's, all right. <laughs> it's an audio show anyway. Everybody loves my face, especially in audio form. If they paid you like a hundred grand and was like, get in the ring and take a stink face, you know you would, Aaron. Get out of here. <laughs> hundred grand? Hell yeah. I'd take two. I'm Should I wear the Daft yeah. Punk mask? A uh, hundred grand, yeah. I'd be the jobber that's on every show that takes a stink face. Every right. show. Get David in there. He's got to take the stink face. Yeah, like no how Lana went through the table like every Raw for like 12 right. weeks straight. That would be me taking stink faces on live shows. He's not even in the match. He's just running down to the ring to take the stink face yep. and go back Get in to his locker room. Hurry up. All right. Archie, what's going on in World Championship Customs right now? Um, I guess if everybody's trying to trying to lose weight, I mean, you might as well eat the tossed salad. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, Aaron with the one liner. Um, a lot of great, <laughs> a lot of great customizers have been coming in. Guys who are doing Marvel and um, He Man customs as well. Incredible amount of people joining. I think we're up to almost 1,200 members, which is pretty big since it's only been about a year since we started. Awesome, man. Um, and uh, the, the, the crew continues to uh, grow. We just added Clayton Goraway about three weeks ago. He's been an asset. He's adding members. Uh, we are uh, doing our best to try and host our next um, customizer uh, event, which I kind of want to do it like an NXT type of thing. Remember when NXT had a, a pro and a rookie? Yeah. I kind of like want five or six of us guys who have been doing this three or four years, like myself, Daniel Ariola, Rocky Turner, and then we pick out a guy who's only made a couple customs. I will volunteer to be your rookie. Not a problem. And I, I will love make, it. I will make the shittiest looking custom you've ever and seen. I, and I will put it over, I promise you. <laughs> I will put it over. Uh, you know, just to, you know, get everybody involved. Um, also here on uh, We Can't Wrestle, on Thursdays, I do uh, Living in the War, which is AEW versus NXT. Uh, did a show last night. Um, and we're just, you know, I'm happy to be a part of all three groups. Uh, I know I'm the admin of 972 <laughs> groups lately, but I dropped a few. I was at 1,000. But, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. A man's got to have time for the family. Right, right. Um, and I'm going to shameless plug this. And I don't... Uh, 
I mean, does anybody here really think I'm a cocky guy? I think I'm a pretty humble guy. I agree. You're humble. And I don't I don't want to come to your disdain for Kenny Omega. Yeah, well, we're going to get there a little bit later on. Um, I And I don't want to sound cocky. I don't want to sound that Aaron can be the cocky one normally. But I want to tell you guys that I am. I will personally tell you if you're an old school wrestling fan, I'm talking about from when wrestling was wrestling and not what we see today, this ballet when it was wrestling and not sports entertainment, 2000 behind. I don't think there's a better old school style wrestling program podcast out there right now than the Reliving the Extreme podcast. I will second that. Um, Aaron, Chad Austin from ECW and myself talking about week to week, watching, reviewing, and talking about the history of ECW the behind the scenes stuff, some of it. Um, obviously, Chad has in insight because he was actually in the locker room. He worked with a lot of guys that were there and dissecting the shows. It's been kind of comedic right now, just because the early days of ECW were essentially a ridiculous Northeastern wrestling promotion, independent wrestling promotion. But we are now getting into the meat of the matter. Uh, the show that will, well, we're recording this and then the show will be on Sunday. So the the show that launched yesterday on Saturday, we're actually talking about the first time you see Sabu and Taz on ECW together. The in a Taz match. Maniac. Their, their first match in ECW was against each other. Yep. One of the great rivalries in that promotion's history. Fucking insane. That match is fucking insane. But if you Same. want to hear our, you want to hear more of our thoughts on that, check out Reliving the Extreme with me, Aaron, and Chad Austin. And I do say, and not to sound cocky, I think it's a great product. I think we're doing a great show. It really is. And it I really think you is. guys would really enjoy it. So, all right, shameless plugs are over. Back into our what if scenarios, and now David can chime in with his opinions on these what if scenarios. Yes. Um, Aaron, you're next. Uh, 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 well, uh, I don't. I think you guys could all agree. Before we go into these what ifs, I uh, don't try to like pat myself on the back very much or sound funny. Hold on, let, you? Me get that, let me get that laugh track. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm as uh, fucking humble. If I was a pie, I'd be humble. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> the ECW podcast which is my fucking baby was something that I worked on for Nate on for like a year to try to get him to do it. And I love it. It's, it was like kismic that fucking Chad wound up on it. And that's, that's my favorite. This one's okay, but reliving the extreme is fantastic. <laughs> good, job, good job putting it over. Good job putting it over. Now right. give us your, your next what if scenario. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys pick. I have what I told Nate was like a double banger because the one question then rolls into another one, or I can just give the one that sits by itself. I say go with the double one. All right, here's the double banger. What if Scott Hall jumps to WCW, 
but Kevin Nash doesn't. Wow. Like I Kevin like Nash in his cold feet says nope and he stayed. Does is Vince paying Kevin more money? Because that's why Kevin left. I don't know all about that. <laughs> I'm just saying that Scott Hall jumps and Kevin Nash thinks about it besides I, not to, I don't stays with the WWE. A, I don't think we have a full outsider coming. I think Cole is just one of the, you know, is just an outsider by himself. Maybe they coerce Sean Waltman to come in quicker uh, and, and be the other outsider uh, with Hall, but I just it definitely doesn't work out well for Scott Hall in the NWO. You know what like, I mean? Do we, do we even have an NWO? Well, Bischoff was hell-bent on getting the that NWO storyline going because it was happening in Japan and he loved what he saw happening in Japan. So, yes, but I just don't see Hall and even really Hogan being the main focal point of it right away because uh, without Kevin Nash, it really just, it's just Hall coming out and being Razor Ramon. You know what I mean? Nash is the, I'm going to, look, I'll put over Kevin Nash. I love Kevin Nash. I think he's a great wrestler. I enjoyed talking to him when he was in the virtual asylum. Um, Kevin Nash, when he walked up and said, so this is where the big boys play. Look at the adjective, play. And then he power bombs Eric Bischoff a couple weeks later. Kevin Nash was the reason the NWO got such a big pop. Hall got a big pop when he entered, but then it started to fizzle out when Stink smacked him. So. so here's my thought on it. I don't think there's an NWO. I agree. However, I do think that, like Archie said, I mean, we all know Bishop was already, you know, jerking off to the Japanese um, right. storyline. I think he would have went in some sort of that direction at some point. But I think Scott Hall coming in by himself, because ultimately, ultimately what what Bischoff's impetus was, was that it was going to be that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash had both wrestled there under silly gimmicks and they'd, they'd right. been fucked over and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And they were coming back for revenge against the promotion that screwed them. Scott Hall comes in. I think he's still Scott Hall. I think he's still got the swagger. Right. He's still got the attitude. But it's, instead of being part of a group like the NWO, he winds up becoming like an anti-authority figure like a Steve Austin. Right. Um, an anti challenges Savage. Maybe he challenges Sting. Well, and he's got you know he's got mean? the you know he's got the charisma and he's got the attitude to do yeah. a, a character like that. Um, I think ultimately, though, whether even Hall was involved in it. They were going to try to do something. Oh yeah, as far as an invasion angle goes, because well, they already were trying. They tried it with the Japanese wrestlers a year before mm -hmm. at Starcade. They brought the Japanese in. They started a feud. They were beating the hell out of WCW, and then WCW rebounded. So they were sort of kind of trying some kind of invasion angle somewhere, but the NWO was, I, was the Kickstarter. I want to get. Go ahead, Archie. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say I want to give David his opportunity to respond, yeah. but. I also then, after that, have a nightmare scenario for you. Okay, go ahead, David. I'm going to go in a completely different direction on this one. I'm going to say Paul comes in, because remember, he came first yes. before Nash. Paul comes in, nasty attitude, acts like he's taken over the place. They never turn Hogan heel. Right. 
Hall goes after Hogan. Him and Hogan feud. Hogan stays in his, you know, red and yellow attire, however long that stands or whatever the case may be. Those two feud with one another that lasts a couple months. And then then to agree with Nate in a way, Hall is that anti-authority figure. But Hogan stays a face at this point. And I know John Majewski would hate to hear me say this, but I think if that happens, Hogan retires in 1996. Yep. Or that, goes back that, to the WWF. That red and yellow shit was done in 96. Yeah. People yeah. were done with it, you know. They were done with it in 94. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. why he left the WWF. So my nightmare scenario for you guys is I want you to consider... Before Scott Hall showed up on Nitro, Memorial Day of 1996, what Eric Bischoff's next plan was for the next big thing in pro wrestling, guys? Blood runs cold. It was blood runs cold. Glacier, Mortis, Wrath. Mortal Kombat. There's where Eric Bischoff is going with WCW before he gets his hands on Hall and Nash. So... That becomes the next big thing for WCW. Isn't that a nightmare scenario? Well, they, yeah. then, WWF <laughs> nice. never steps up. They continue giving us the crap they gave us those years with our atom right. bombs and Borgas and their right. crap. So we don't get the Attitude Error. So, yeah, that's a nightmare scenario for wrestling in general. In general. Because WCW made WWF step up, in my opinion. Well, oh, they never start winning the war. They just keep ping-ponging back. One time, one week it's WCW that wins, the next week it's WWE. Can I say this? And, and, and yes, like sure. I said, this is why it's a double banger. Because Kevin Nash doesn't jump, so Diesel right. stays. Okay. Scott Hall's over there. So guess what doesn't happen? Triple H doesn't get punished because there's no curtain call. So Triple H wins the King of the Ring. So then we don't get Steve Austin winning. We don't get Austin 316. And we don't get Steve Austin saying, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. And we don't get Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, there's another thing here, too, that's kind of looming there, Aaron. It's possible Triple H doesn't ever approach Stephanie about dating. If that happens, because if he's got all that success, well, then we don't get NXT, so everything's fantastic. Right? Oh, we don't have a fake Diesel either. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, so Glenn Jacobs doesn't get called up to the main. So then we don't have a Kane. Oh my God! And then we don't have Undertaker, and we don't have Kane. Right. We don't have this, and then we don't have that. Kevin Nash jumping to WCW was integral to everything in my childhood. Thank you, you, Kevin Nash. Thank you, Kevin Nash. (laughs) Everything WCW did made WWF step up. I mean, even the figures. Look at the Toy Biz line that came out right before, Mm -hmm. you know, right right during when BCA came out, right? Then you have those, those WCW figures looked way better. So they made WWF step up. So without all that going on, Without Vince noticing, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is this is better TV than what I'm putting on. We don't have what we had, so yeah, that's a that's a huge deal. I wonder if Raw would have stayed taped because they eventually started going live. So would they have still stayed like four weeks ahead of schedule taping shows? <laughs> this might have been the biggest what if ever. Definitely, like, I thought this was just going to be a throwaway thing of Kevin Nash. 
Aaron, because you usually junk. say your list is the best, and I usually joke with you, go, yeah, your list is the best. This was by far the best question you've ever asked on this show. I applaud you for that. Yay. Who knew, who knew the domino effect of Kevin you Nash? Can right? a, you can add a third wheel to third tier to that and say, let's say Nash does eventually jump. What if they went with the Sting route versus the Hogan route? Right. Like they were originally going to do. Mm-hmm. What would have happened there? It still would have been as big, but not as huge because it would have just been, oh, WCW's uh, biggest face defective. And, and, and staying turn and heel would have never been, would have never no. touched Hogan. I was, I was just never touched it. And let's be perfectly honest. Even when Sting did turn heel, it was a popcorn fart. Yeah, Sting, Sting sucked as a heel. He was heel for two weeks, and then a week later, he was like, "I'm sorry," and everybody was like, "Okay, no problem, you're Sting." Yeah. Archie. <laughs> Yes. Um, this one is near and dear to my heart because I can never figure out why it never happened. And I want to get your guys' take. What if Arn Anderson would have became a world heavyweight champion? In the NWA? In either company. If, Who would he have he, won the belt against is my question. Well, if, he's gonna, if it's going to be in the NWA or WCW, I would see it being a feud with Flair. If it's in the WWF, I see him possibly beating Randy Savage. Nah, NWA. Aaron will go first. Sorry. Go ahead. Go, ahead. go, go first, ahead. Nate. Sorry. But what I was gonna say was it. It. I don't. I don't like the. I don't like the Flair thing, Archie. I don't either. Here's why right. I say I don't that. When they did that Flair Anderson feud in WCW, Thought. awkward. It was so, bad. I agree. It was bad. So what I say is. You go back to, I'm going to pick 1986. Okay. All right. Arn should be Dusty. Dusty. I'm saying Dusty Luger. Maybe Dusty or Luger. Maybe even a a young Sting. You know what I mean? Definitively Dusty. And you have Flair. You have Flair help Arn. Right. Because they're heels, it's, it doesn't make right. Arn weak. They're heels. They're the Horsemen. They're they're a gang anyway. Right. And I think Arn is, and I love Arn Anderson. Okay, don't get me right. wrong. I'm not shitting on Arn Anderson at all. No, I know. No. Arn Anderson is your four to six month champion. Until it leads to a feud with Flair. That that leads no. He never feuds with Flair because that sucks. Okay. Your four to six month champion that is kind of a uh, an off to the side champion, uh, the wrestling champion. Okay. Right. right. While maybe Dusty and Flair are doing something on the peripheral. Right. And Arn's having good matches and bringing up young baby faces. Right. And then eventually he loses the title to one of those young baby faces. And then unfortunately for, for Arn, we go back to Flair. Because I, I love Arn Anderson, but I don't see Arn Anderson as a top-tier, long-run world champion. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I think that he could have, like you said, for four to six months at least sold shows. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, because definitely. He's, he held every other yeah. title. You know, He could have done, like, okay. Let's do it this way. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. Remember when Ronnie Garvin beat Flair mm-hmm. for the title? Okay. I know. I know. I know, Nate. But we're just going to use. We're, worst we're, world Nate. champion ever. Worse than Kali. Go ahead. Worse okay. than David Arquette? 
Oh wow, worse than Kali. Good God. Worse than anyway, Kali. I'm just using. Okay, I'm just using him as an example. Okay. All right, go ahead. I got you. Flair loses to Ronnie, and then let Arn go in there try to try to like you know get revenge for Flair, and he beats Ronnie. And then yeah. let Ronnie beat him, and then let Flair beat him in the cage again. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that—that that could have been the thing in the middle of Ronnie beating Flair, and then Flair beating Ronnie because Ronnie didn't defend the title at all until right. he fe- until he fucking fought Flair again, and it, it was a popcorn fart because of that. Like and at the that, end of that storyline, that, that is where I would see Arn Anderson. And at the end of the storyline, Arn's just like. Hey man, it don't matter. We got the belt back. No, at the end of the storyline, we pan out with Ronnie Garvin leaving his stupid trucker hat in the middle of the ring, and he retires from wrestling. Nate, Nate, <laughs> like one of the Undertaker did with his hat and boots. You just compared the Undertaker to Ronnie Garvin, Nate. Nate, one in a day way, I did. One day you and I have to get on the phone and you need to explain to me the hatred that is that you have for Ronnie Garvin because we've never had before. Oh, we can do a whole episode on that. Well, I know that, but we can talk there about is, it on the phone. For and, a, and as a matter of fact, actually, I think Ronnie probably is... I hate Omega more than Ronnie because Ronnie actually has done something that I liked, whereas Omega hasn't. Ronnie right. Ronnie had a great feud with Randy Savage and ICW in Memphis back in And the, plus and plus Ronnie Garvin could beat any of our asses. Yeah. I don't think Kenny Omega could. Hands he of could, stone. He could like even now. Combat. Like Ronnie Garvin now, combat. if he walked into the room, I'd be like, fuck, I don't want to fuck with that guy. I, I and bow, he's like I bow, he's like ninety seven. I bow to Kenny Omega's Mortal Kombat skills though. Hey, I'm pretty but, good at Mortal Kombat. We, we've we've talked over. David hasn't even given his opinion. Go ahead, David. He's I, like, what I, are we I even think, talking about? I think if if you had it to like an evolution type of thing, right? Where Arn wins the belt and play like Arn wins it against anyone could be Sting, right. could be an upset, right? Kind of like how Orton upset and won at SummerSlam in '04, right? right? So. He pulls the upset, he wins the belt, holds it for about six months. Him and Flair feud because Flair doesn't like the fact that he's holding the belt. You can go right. two ways. You can go that way, or you can keep Arn as a heel and Flair likes him as champion. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And so Arn just holds it for a couple months and he's with Flair. So you don't lose your ratings because he's still with the four horsemen. Kind of like a, a you know, where, where Flair goes for your secondary belt for, for once. Right. Or, right. You know, something like that. But he's still so, Flair. I feel like Arn does deserve the world title run, even though he didn't need it, need the belt. But he didn't need it. No, I he, agree. He deserved the run, and it, it, if it's done correctly, it you're you're good. So, but I have I a think, what if, if I may. Oh sure, go right ahead. Not to cut you guys off, but no, go right ahead. I just and this one's just thought of on the spot. So, what if instead of Stone Cold Steve Austin winning? the king of the ring, right? And did his speech and everything. The WWF used Vader right and he won the king of the ring. Then it's a win-win because, um, and as a matter of fact, I think it's a better win-win 
because that would have I think that would have put WWF on a trajectory to use Vader correctly instead of incorrectly like they did. And I have said we've we've talked about on multiple times on the show about Austin not winning the King of the Ring and et cetera, et cetera. He was so talented that he was going to happen anyway. No matter no matter whether whether King of the Ring happened or not, Steve Austin was going to happen anyway. Yeah, Steve. So, no, no, so, Steve. Is, sorry, Nate. No, that's okay. I was just going to say I think I think David, your 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 scenario is perfect because it's a win win because we get a good strong ninety two ninety three style Vader, and we get Steve Austin because Steve. Steve has said, uh, I can't remember exactly what I saw it on, but he said he didn't even say like like, he put over the Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass thing or whatever. But he actually said what his defining moment in that company was that they, they put him on headset. Meaning that he got put in the booth on a raw and they gave him the headset. They put a live mic in front of him and they let him commentate. Right. And that was, I, I believe even before the, the, the King of the ring thing it like, was, it was like, and then they realized, Oh shit, this guy can talk, you know, like you, you can, you can stifle a guy like, as much as you want, but if he can talk and he can work, you can't stop him. That makes sense. It's and weird I, they even needed to do that. All they had to do was watch his ECW promos to know right. talk. Yeah, and they probably <laughs> did. So, but yeah, I just think that Vader would have been as a monster heel used correctly. Now, I do know maybe you wouldn't necessarily. I don't know how you would still get Kane, but. Because, you know, Taker would be going after Vader and the belt and stuff like that. But um, I just feel like if Vader was used correctly and a monster heel and held the belt, won the King of the Ring, that would have been some really good television. See, I, I agree with you on Vader becoming a monster, needed to be more of a monster heel. But I think the King of the Ring wouldn't have worked for him. And I, I'm, I'm not comparing Vader to Mabel. But when a big man won the King of the Ring, they don't know what to do with it. The same thing can be said for Wade Barrett <laughs> and Vince Baron Corbin. I mean, Vince he was Big Daddy like... V. Come on. Vince well, was... yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Vader with a king robe and a crown doing the... I would have rather... That's fucking money, dude. Think about it. I would have rather seen Vader win the Royal Ooh. Rumble. The the same... He, he attacked Gorilla Monsoon. And then if he would have went on to the Royal Rumble and won it, that would have made, still made him just a big of a, of a monster. I think the King of the Ring, that was the reason I feel that was Austin's defining moment was because all the stars aligned. You had Jake with the being the Bible thumper, and Austin delivered that speech. Where else was Austin going to deliver that speech at? And that's what really kicked it off because the very next night on Raw, there were Austin 316 signs everywhere. You know what I mean? People didn't even know what the hell it meant yet, but they still had it. Hear so, ye, hear ye. It's service and winches. It's, it's King, King Mabel. King Vable. All right. <laughs> All right, Nate, it's your turn. Okay. And this is uh this is gonna be fun for you guys, not so much for me. Especially fun for probably Archie and David more than Aaron. Okay. 
All right, I'm going back to 2006. We are in Deep South Wrestling. Okay. WWE Developmental Territory. All right. And a young man with amazing jazz hands is wrestling in Deep South Wrestling. Oh, God. Hey, hey, I have a question. Hey, real quick, real quick. No, no, I have a question. I have a question. All right. Is he wearing a black top hat? And does he have a very long horn? He goes, (laughs) he's not Harpo, no. And is he miming (laughs) everything? So he's he's got his jazz hands and he's got his Harpo hat. And his name is Kenny Omega. All right. For those of you that don't know, younger fans or what have you, Kenny Omega at one point was under a developmental contract with the WWE and he wrestled in Deep South. He performed. He wouldn't call it wrestling. (coughs) It's performance. He's an artist. Um, he's, He's in Deep South Wrestling and WWE. Because he was developmentally needed. And WWE convinces him to stay. Because Kenny quit. Kenny quit. He didn't like the trainers that he was working with because Bill DeMott actually made him wrestle and uh, wouldn't let him, you know, tiptoe around or whatever. So anyway, Kenny Omega stays with the WWE. He eventually comes to NXT, main roster, etc., etc. What if, guys, Kenny Omega stays with the WWE? May I go first? Sure. Um, if he stays with the WWE, uh, he does not get over as uh, good as he would have, uh, like he did in New Japan. I know you hate that, Nate, but he would not have gotten over the way that he did in New Japan. Um, and he would not have had a good match with anybody. I mean, he would have had decent matches, but nothing great. Archie? Yes. I know you said, uh, comma, I know you would hate that, Nate, comma. But no, seriously, the reason that I... The reason that I put this on my list was because I want to hear from people that might actually like this guy, right? As to what you think, and, he, and so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to shit on what you're saying. They would have no, no. I know you won't. You've never done that before. Why would you do that now? Um, he he makes it to NXT. He gets pushed to the main roster too quickly because they see him as a cruiserweight or somebody who's going to dazzle the crowd. And after about two years, he flakes out. And probably ends up in TNA. Okay. Okay. David? I don't think that he was built for the WWE stage, in my opinion. He gets a, a year run as the NXT World Champion. He runs the show. He gets pushed. He gets put on the main roster, and they don't know what to do with him. They job him out to Sheamus a couple times. <laughs> he eats a Roman Reigns Superman punch. And he, his move set is, is dumbed down, and he's not at Bullet Club or Sleeper Club or any club. And he doesn't get over as well as he has. He goes back on the indie scene, and then he reinvents himself. But it takes years longer than what it took him. I had an amazing vision of him just getting Superman punched, Seamus kicked, and... oh. David, you put me in hog heaven just then. I have him. I, I mean, I, I can just see him now getting thrown out of the rumble by Nia Jax. You know, Ooh, right? I'm giddy. I'm giddy. But oh. no, come on, guys. He would do it. 
he would do it with class. Like when she, no, when she hey. threw him out, when she, hold on. When she threw him out, he would like do a triple flip and then, you know, he'd land on the ground and do some jazz hands. I'm and flip sorry. His hair now, around see, and, David's saying getting thrown out by Nia Jax. I think the kiss of death for, for him would be they'd probably make him feud with Hornswoggle. <laughs> Aaron, and, don't play any music if you're planning on playing music. I have no, I was going to play it. I was going to give you an insightful opinion Go on for your it. fucking question. Okay, don't get shitty. You know what he would be? He would be the, the most offensive member of the goddamn Spirit Squad. I love the Spirit Squad, though. Kenny. Wait, they Kenny have Omega would have been Kenny. Other Kenny. I'm sorry, I love the Spirit Squad. I know I'm like, 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 No, I, I did too, David. But he, that, I'm saying that's what he would have been. He would have been a Gunner Scott or a Spirit Squad or a Luther Reigns or a fucking Palmer Cannon. He would have been one of those pieces of shit in those 2005 SmackDown Raw era people that meant nothing. And he means nothing that. now. And, and the. I hate Kenny Omega. I fucking oh, hate him. Oh, and, and you know what he would have been. You know what he would have been doing. Minority, so. You know what he would have been doing to this day. Bitching about Vince McMahon didn't get me over. Vince McMahon shit on me. Vince McMahon said, "Told me I was no good. He told me I couldn't wrestle." Well, look, he at probably would have liked if Vince shit on him. He looks like a guy that likes to get shit on. Him. Probably something he's um, into. <laughs> Aaron, you're next. Your what if is next. <laughs> What is this shit on Kenny Omega? (laughs) (laughs) Good shit, pal. It's good (laughs) shit, pal. It's such good shit, pal. Uh, My shit and you have something in common, Kenny. It's corny. I had no, I was gonna say I had (laughs) I had boiled chicken and a protein bar. It's good shit, pal. Vince is actually involved in my my last, well, not my last what if, but the what if I'm going to go with. Um, what if Vince got convicted? What if he, what if he lost the trial and got put in jail? Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I would assume Linda takes control of the company, or I don't think the company would close. No. But I no. think it wouldn't I don't know. That's a tough one. People, I think Shane pe- steps up. People eh, eh, not at that point. This Shane is 90, was so young then too. Yeah, this is like 93, 94. No, I, I I think that the company is fine because people with that kind of money and those kind of connections and that kind of influence Vince would have run his company from his jail cell. Um there would have been there would have been people that had to pull the strings. And to be perfectly honest, let's let's be honest about it. If Vince McMahon would have got put in jail, you could have you could have put Gorilla Monsoon in his spot and saw no change. Because those two guys were so tight and thought you know what I mean? Like they were on the same wavelength for right. so long 
that I think Vince could have put, not necessarily Gorilla in charge of booking. He had Jerry Jarrett in position to do that. That's what I'm but saying. He, that's where I was getting at. Yeah, he he could have had he would have he would have probably put Gorilla or Pat in the in the in the position of power. Okay, so how's Jerry doing as a booker? Well, we're not improving <laughs> in in gate attendance. Okay, we'll pick a new booker. But I think that business continuity wise, Pat or Gorilla could have run the WWF with Vincent in a jail cell. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think a lot changes. Except I, Vince's quality of life. <laughs> well, you yeah. don't have you don't have evil Vince to go up against Stone Cold. You don't have all that. Well, we don't know how long he would have been in prison for. Uh, probably a long time. We, we, all, know he, we all know he was fucking Jesus. guilty, right? He, he'd be like, Jesus, Pat, how do you take this on a nightly basis? Getting cornholed. <laughs> we all we all know Vince was guilty, right? What? No, you're crazy. No. Okay. How dare you, sir? I mean, how dare you, sir? <laughs> Vince, OJ. Yeah, I'm just saying. What? Where are we going here, Dave? Come on, come. They're down. all guilty. They were all guilty. Both of them were guilty. They got away with it, and that's fine. That's the American judicial system. God bless them. They're innocent until proven guilty. But Vince is fucking guilty. Let's not lie. Let's not pretend that he was an innocent soul in all this where he magically showed up in a neck brace to his trial <laughs> how how new york lawyer shady is that you know what i mean this is my cousin Vinny type shit but um <laughs> the two utes the <laughs> I, I think i think the wwf would have survived vince being in prison like you guys said maybe some things would have been different but i think i think it would have survived no, I agree with you on that. I don't. I, I think I agree with with, with Nate. Um, Vince would have found somebody that he could puppet from prison to to run the company for however long he was going to be gone, and somebody would have been <laughs> came to face. Um, you know how? And I'm sure somebody, Vince would have found somebody to puppet in prison. <laughs> well, Vince might have been a puppet in prison. <laughs> He's a puppet now. <laughs> you seen the fucking fiend shit? Anyway. Man, man needs a break. <laughs> yeah, I need a break, pal. It's been a lot of years. Archie, what's your next what if? Oh, yes. Let me uh, let me get back to my list. All right, I have a few different ones, but um, let's see. Ah, all right. I'm gonna go with a, a reliable one here. What if Shawn Michaels didn't get injured and have to take four years off? Hmm. Um, does he give the belt up to Austin at WrestleMania? That's a huge question. Right? And does he still lose to Austin? I, I think, think he, he would have still him. lost to Austin. He would have still lost to Austin. Yeah, he, possibly. Because I think because of Steve enough. It's not even a matter of respect. It's a matter of even Vince McMahon said Sean would argue with me about everything. Until he went through the curtain, and then he would go out and give me exactly what I wanted to perfection. Right, it's almost like he was so, giving a hard time for the hell of it. He uh, would have done it for having to uh, threaten him before he went out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, can, um, can, can I say what I the the one thing that I would say off of Sean not having to retire in '98? You know, what I think it would have been honestly. What? Um, 
I think, and I think the guy still would have been a star. Okay, and it's kind of how I said with the Shane Douglas, Jeff Jarrett thing. If Sean doesn't retire, I don't think um, Mick Foley has the career that he had. That's a good point. That is actually a very good point. I like that. It's possible. I, I don't. I don't. I, he was big before he got to WWE too. Well, no, I understand. I'm just saying in the WWF, like, I don't think that Mick Foley, man, the mankind character, gets, like, that title victory against The Rock and gets to run around the ring and, and, and do a, I, I don't think Foley moves up the ladder if Sean doesn't go away. I think Sean, um, after his commissioner run, if that happens, because he did that after he got injured, I see Sean, after he drops the belt to Stone Cold, going to WCW. Really? Yep. I feel like he would have went to WCW and joined his, his National Hall. He now, by been... that time, though, the NWO was in full full swing. Yep, and he would have so... joined. He would have been a, a big addition to them, and, and they would have paid him hand over fist. Oh, yeah. They didn't offer him anything because he was injured. You know what I mean? So Right. And he stuck and around. And I'm sure they offered yeah. something to him, David. I'm sure they tried to get him away, but they weren't offering him what he thought he, he was worth. No. Sean would have yeah, been, 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 been a bigger flop than Brett in WCW, in my opinion. I agree with that. He possibly would have been, but they would have thrown every bit of money they could have at him after he dropped that belt to Stone Cold if his contract was up. Well, Brett was already in WCW too, so maybe that's another reason they weren't bringing Sean in. You know, even if he didn't get injured, maybe Brett wouldn't have been happy about it. But I just think that there, a lot of things would have changed as far as the uh, the card would have went had Sean stayed healthy. Which we still don't know. There's a lot of stories that he was healthy and he just needed time away from the ring that he didn't wasn't actually injured. But you never know. Shawn Michaels is he's one of my top three favorite wrestlers of all time. Okay. Mine as well. But if Shawn Michaels doesn't walk away and get his life together and have the surgery that he needs in 1998 and leave for four years he has a really, really shitty legacy. And he does not go down as the all-time great that he goes down as now. Agreed. Because Sean, Sean, is, Sean has two careers, let's be honest. Um, and that, that first career, although great, was at best mediocre because of his personal demons and because of his own bullshit. When he came back in 2002 and gave us perfection until 2010. True. That is what made him a legend. So I think, although, again, being one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, if Sean doesn't get his shit together, go away, and get his life sorted out, he doesn't go down as one of the all-time greats. And that's a big statement, but I think it's true. I agree with you there. He goes down as... A fucking train wreck like Kerry Von Erich. 
Am I wrong? No, I agree with you there. He needed that four-year sabbatical so he can get, get clean and straighten his life out. He becomes he becomes a DVD that the WWE puts out in 2005 called The Tragedy of Shawn Michaels. Or if he doesn't if he um, doesn't go home and get or like you said together. or like you said with Kerry Von Eric or um or like a Brian Pillman yeah. where we never got to see how great this guy could be because right. his fucking demons and shit took him. You know. Yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit of praise for Kevin Nash because he introduced him to Whisper, the Nitro Girl, and he married her, and she fixed his life. <laughs> More praise for Kevin Nash on this episode. Hey, damn. The name of this episode is going to be Kevin Nash is Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Kevin Nash have... fixes everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more for you. Go for it. Okay. So we're going back to 1997. The screw job happens in Montreal. It, the less talked about that at this point on wrestling podcasts, the better. It's the most beat to death topic in a wrestling without podcast. a doubt. But anyway, I have a little offshoot from that. All right, the night after the Montreal screw job, they had a raw in Ottawa, Canada, and one of the guys that decided. I don't want to. I don't want to work for this company because of what they did to Brett. I'm not going to Ottawa. Was Mick Foley, and Mick Foley said, "I'm not going," and he stayed in Montreal, et cetera, et cetera. Jim Ross eventually, and the Undertaker, honestly, talked him into coming back the next week. What if Mick Foley doesn't go back? What if after Montreal, let's not talk about Brett. We've all talked about that till we're blue in the face. Right. After Montreal, what if Mick Foley doesn't go back? What if he says, fuck that? I like Rick Rude. I'm not going back there. He goes back and works for Paulie. I don't think he'd go back to WCW. I think he no, goes to ECW. No, I neither do I. I think yeah, I agree with Aaron there. He might go back to ECW. Uh, help Japan. Terry, help Terry Funk. Build the ECW a little more with the pay-per-views. Um, we definitely don't get the Hell in a Cell fame of him being thrown off. He doesn't get the world title runs and the matches with The Rock and the empty arena and you know halftime heat. Um, he 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 essentially helped The Rock become a better wrestler in my opinion because of the matches he had with The Rock. Mm-hmm. So the, maybe The Rock doesn't get over as much as he should have. We definitely don't get Dude Love and Stone Cold Steve Austin as the tag team champions, which sucks. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Come on, it was. I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't joking. I was. I was being serious. I, I liked him with Austin. I think that they had great appeal, and then I think he was great with Mercedes. The Rock too. <laughs> you know, we don't get. Um, we don't get a. This is your life, Rock. Dave, which, David. David, yeah. I want your opinion, and then I want to ask you guys a follow up question. Well, okay. well, hold on. Can, can, can I say something? Like, like we're we're talking about after the screw job, right? And it's more it it's not so much what happens with the WWF, it's what happens with Mick, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I honestly think Mick would have done would have he he would have had the career that that Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody had. Where he would have went to Japan for six months made bank and then went home for six months and then went back to Japan 
made bank. Like, like he would have had a Japanese career, in my opinion. Right, right. Visit a few territory, a couple of independents, done a few shows like that. I, I agree with that. He would have never went back to WCW, I don't think. No. He what hated Eric Bischoff. What do you think, Goldie? I think Foley goes and he gets into ECW and he and him and Funk buy the promotion. And they 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 make it hardcore and they start teaming up with Japan and doing all types of ridiculous stuff that we would have never dreamed of. And they write checks that aren't rubber. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, by this time Mick had money. Every penny when he was on the road. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's stories of how how awesomely frugal yeah. Foley is. <laughs> <laughs> So I think, my, fo- my follow-up qu- – oh, go ahead, Archie. I think he still drives the same Honda he used to when he first started to wrestling. <laughs> he doesn't spend money. My follow-up question is, does Mick still become the legend that he is? Yes. Yes, he was already in, – in my opinion, he was right. already – I mean, his WCW run, his ECW stuff. Mm-hmm. His Japan stuff in FMW. That I, I say, yeah, he was a household I, name. I think he does. Yeah, the Mick, just the a Mick, different way. The Mick Foley anti EC. I've talked about this on the show before, and I agree with you guys. I was just putting out that question to see what you'd say, but I've talked about it on the show multiple times. The Mick Foley anti ECW pro uh, promos in 1995. Hysterical, but and they are. That not only hysterical, but revolutionary. Yes. And they are some of the best promos ever cut in professional wrestling. Ever. It just, he was renouncing everything he built, everything he did. Yeah. Oh, it was so when he wore, when Gosh. he came out with a WWF and W, F and F shirt. That whole thing. I hate to quote Vince, but that's good shit, pal. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the, the best really thing. He did. The best thing. The best thing. Sorry, not 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 the best. I, I was kind of being a little assertive on there, where you, you were talking <laughs> about like the the WWF shirt. The best shirt he wore was when he was in the middle of the ECW arena, and he wore an airbrushed Dungeon of Doom <laughs> WCW yep. shirt. That was like to those people. That was like the he he might as well walked into a million man march wearing like a like a swastika. (laughs) He was the the WCW Dungeon of Doom, and then he 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 did W C W. Him calling him calling Eric Uncle Eric and calling uh, his dad. Man, it was perfect. But let's be honest. Let's be honest before we wrap the show up. One of the top five greatest promos ever cut in the history of professional wrestling. And you guys can tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think you will. Is the Kane Dewey promo. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Kane Dewey promo is like... it's, it's, it's It's a wrestling promo... Orgasm, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it sounds silly to say it that way, but it's true. Like, no, it, it is. It's perfect. It's it's a father in this 
and he, <sighs> none of what he says, and that's that's what Michael Hayes said. the The epitome of a true heel is that he believes everything he's saying. It's it, you can't dispute anything he's saying. He goes yeah, in the promo. Yeah. He is a he is a. I'm a father, Archie. You're a father. Mm-hmm. He is a father pouring his heart out like you. You South Philadelphia fucking bums. You stinky, (laughs) goofy-looking South Philadelphia bums are going to tell, say, Cain, my little baby son, you motherfuckers. It's it is such a good promo, and And he wasn't wrong. The closest he ever got to it working for Vince was the one, and they didn't play it out long enough. But it was the one where, at, like, it was the Raw after where he was, like, it was the Raw after him and Terry were, like, tied to the cage or whatever. Oh, and, and he's sitting he, in the chair? Yeah, and he was, like, I was getting my ass kicked, and I was giving everything for you people, and all you kept chanting was stone cold, stone cold. And right. he walked off. And then, like, the next week, he was back as fucking dude love or whatever. But yeah. but he was but, healed yeah, up. The, the, was, came, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't give it enough time to marinate. Right. But that Kane Dewey shit is fantastic. And he wasn't that far off about Philadelphia people. They they really are like that. <laughs> they're bums, they're smelly, they're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I can say they, that because I deal and, with Philadelphia and, people. And all they, day apparently long. they steal license plates. Yep. <laughs> no, those are New Jersey and Ohio people. Right. You haven't, you haven't stolen a plate in, in uh, Pennsylvania yet, Aaron. Well, no, I'm saying maybe the person that's... Never mind. On my post today, David put up a, a meme, and it was a squirrel stealing somebody's hubcap, and mine now and running away. <laughs> David, I thought it was a monkey. You, you broke... You, I was pissed off with, like, a frown, and I wanted to beat somebody up, and I saw that meme, and I went, oh, God. <laughs> that fixed my whole day after that. <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to wrap up this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. As always, at the end, Aaron, any parting words for our listeners? Uh, Just keep listening to this show. Um, Follow all the plugs that everybody talked about. And don't forget to relive the extreme because that's where it's at. Archie? I think Aaron said it best. Of course and I David, do. David, of course, thank you for joining us in the second segment of the show. My brother, any parting words for our listeners? Um, I just realized there would have been no Mr. Socko. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But, yeah, that would have been really bad. Um, oh. that, that's a lot of merch, too. <laughs> but um, no, I just continue to follow all the pages and... Uh, Thanks for everyone that uh, listens and follows everything that we do. Absolutely. And damn, I just realized with no Foley in the WWE, God damn it, with no Foley in the WWF after 97, where's The Rock? Where's Triple H? That's what I said. Look at all these guys that he put over. God damn you, Foley. Foley and Nash. That's the episode. That's the the name of the episode. That's the perfect name, Foley and Nash. They're the integral. They're the integral people. They're the reason yeah, the we get no house snow. <laughs> <laughs> That's that one's not so bad. Oof. 
<laughs> I like Al Snow. All right, I like Al Snow too. But Al Foley Snow and is- Foley and Nash are the fucking linchpins for the Attitude Era. Sounds like fucking a new. And it sounds like a, uh, a 70s cop drama. It's to me, it sounds like a new TBS series that they're just going to promote the hell out of for six months. <laughs> Foley and Nash. Thursdays Foley at nine. Thursdays at nine. Who's solving mysteries? I don't fucking know who. It's Foley and Nash. That's who. What, what? Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. on TBS. If this becomes a show, I'm going to be convinced somebody from TBS watches this, watch, listens to this uh, podcast. <laughs> That's well, correct. I, I, it would have been at eight oh five on TBS. <laughs> true, I forgot. I forgot TBS standards. If it becomes a TBS show, Archie, this shit is trademarked, so we're gonna sue. Ooh, we get to have, we're gonna be we're millionaires. I can get I can get two license plates. <laughs> <laughs> as always, Bully, as always, me and my me and my motley crew would love to thank you for joining us here on the we can't wrestle podcast and we'll see you next week everybody have a good night everybody see ya the we can't wrestle podcast is a production of max and out media all rights reserved